Hey everyone, this is Heather, and you're listening to Simply Healed with Heather Leonard. Today's episode is called You Can't Force Healing. I've learned a few little life lessons myself that I want to pass along, and I've got so much more about the subconscious mind and all the fun stuff that we like to talk about around just trying to be able to, like, once we know this stuff about ourselves, how do we move forward from it? Like, there's got to be a way, right? So here we go, guys. Thanks for joining today. So I don't know what's worse, the struggle bus to figuring out what the heck is going on within our own brains and... (laughs) Or just knowing there is a solution out there and not being able to figure out how the heck to get it for yourself. Uh, People talk all the time about the subconscious mind and how it's basically running the show. Like not what we consciously think about, not the thoughts running through our head as much as like this underlying program that's already in there from our early childhood, like zero to seven, like early ingrained things. So it's like, okay, great, let's change that program. But like, how the heck do you do that? And then it always sounds like it's some big, intense program that you have to sign up for and listen to sound things and, you know, just trying to like unwire a brain that's been fed something for your entire life. And it sounds overwhelming. It sounds like, oh, okay, yeah, well, that's just another gimmick people are trying to sell. But I had a few things happen recently that these are basic ways in which I think you can start to change how you're attracting things without having to delve into too, too much reprogramming of your subconscious mind, but little pivots you can do that will change things pretty immediately. And I had some really eye-opening things happen in my own life where I thought I had dealt with all of those past things and then they resurfaced. And they don't always resurface when you want them to or when it would be convenient. It's usually at the worst possible time. So let me just start with the backstory. So it is 4th of July weekend here in the States and (laughs) spending a lot of time with friends and also having a lot of old memories surfacing up because this is one of my late husband's favorite holidays. So little things were sort of coming up and I noticed that they were kind of triggering to me, but I don't think I realized just how deep some of this was. I thought it was just the surface level things that were bothering me. Like I kind of had this hint that people were starting to sort of not move on with their lives because that's what you want, right? Even people that really loved him, I I don't want them to like stay sad about it forever. I want people moving forward and having great times, but sometimes it can feel like people have like forgotten some of the memories that you hold really special, you know? And I had little moments of that where I was just so, um, I mean, it was like this really messy emotional thing going on inside me between like, no, I really want this and this underlying but like I really don't want everybody forgetting him and like even let's put it to like even my children um when there's a memory that pops up for me and I'm thinking oh my gosh I've I've got to like let's talk about this because we always laugh about it whenever it triggers one of us to think about it and we all have a laugh and this time when I did it one of my kids didn't remember the moment and um It hurt. And, you know, what would any parent want? Not for their kids to linger on a past memory with sadness. They want them to create new fun memories, right? So I was really like in a strange place of like, do I try to keep all these things fresh for them? 
or do I allow the healing? You know what I mean? And then just be so happy that they're in such a great place. Or is that like, you know, sort of a stab to his memory to allow them to move forward without taking these memories with them? Oh, it was heavy, but I didn't even know it was all going on in my brain. And then it was like, I had someone reach out to me and just say, I know things are hard for you right now. I'm so sorry. I don't know basically what to do for you, but I, I'm here. (laughs) And I crumbled. Oh my gosh. I thought I was in such a healthy space. And then it was like that one thing and it all came pouring out. But here's what, where this is interesting to me. This is in like several different things in my life where I have thought that I'm in one space and then something happens that makes me go, oh, wow, like I'm still carrying this. So we can almost mask things that we have sort of buried deep because we think we've moved on. We think we've acknowledged it. We think we've done all the right healthy ways of like moving forward from any trauma. This doesn't have to be just loss. This is like any trauma. You think you're you're good, right? And then it's just something something that just sort of triggers and sets it off again. And you're like, what? I thought I did all this good work to get past this. You know, how am I still here? What the heck? Uh, And so this was what was really interesting. So this sounds like two different stories, but it all kind of tied together in my own life. So sort of simultaneously going on, I was trying, I've been working really hard with the law of attraction. And I do that because I have full faith that this is science. This is not woo-woo, right? So I apply this in every area of my life. And magic unfolds. There's no doubt in my mind I watch things happen all of the time because what I put out, I get back. Now, I'm not some magical sorceress. I get a lot of garbage back in my life because I put out a lot of garbage as well, right? So this just further reinforces. It's not all like sunshine and you know bubbles because I've figured out how to use the law of attraction. It's more aggravating sometimes when you get really good at it to see how often your dip in your mood can bring negative things your way. Um, But what I was realizing the last few days was that I am very consistently somebody who tries to control and steer the narrative of my life. Like I know what I want and I go for it. Now, I'm, you know, my um, horoscope would tell you that this just makes sense for me, like that I just sort of full charge ahead and don't, and head for the goal and don't, you know, blinders on almost. But <laughs> so I tend to ignore signs and things sometimes and I just go for it. But I'm also somebody who's on or off. It's going to work or I've changed my mind. I'm doing something totally different. which is like also very frustrating because sometimes I put in a whole heck of a lot of work and energy into something and then I just change my mind and decide it's not working. I need something new. Um, But it was interesting how this weekend when I finally decided that I did one of those moments of like, well, then it's not for me. I'm moving on. I'm doing something different. The second that I did that, guess what happened? (laughs) Everything for the thing I was trying to steer and control started falling into place. Everything I asked for started happening. Now I was checked out because like I said, my personality type, once I've moved on, I've also totally moved on and I'm doing something different. So that can be so frustrating, but it was so telling, right? I didn't think I was controlling things and trying to get it to go my way until I decided it's not for me and I started trying to move forward into a different direction. So once I did that and things started to come together, it it was almost 
aggravating to me because this whole time that I was trying to steer things, like really trying to just, you know, take the wheel and make it go the way I wanted, it wasn't not even a fleck of it coming through for me. If anything, I was pushing it further away because when you try and when you try to, you know, take the lead of control and when you try to force something, these are try- this is like trying to take steps to make it happen. That never works. It just doesn't. You know, you get what you are. And so when I was being controlling, I was basically getting controlled. You know, I mean, it was like I thought I was the one making all of these major things happen. And yet none of them got to the finish line because it was all this manipulation that I was trying to do. Like not manipulation as in like trying to sway people or anything, but like I was trying to force the outcome, you know, I was like, I'm going to make this happen by doing this step, this step and this step that never will work. It just doesn't, you know, and if you're somebody who pays attention to the law of attraction, you'll know why, but you really cannot steer your life that way and think that you're in control of it, you know, so it was so shocking to me how quickly things started pouring in and then it became very frustrating very fast because I recognized all the other things in my life that I've been trying to control and steer but how do you just back away when the desire is still there you know for the outcome so like this is why some people in some circles will say don't even goal set anymore you know just step away from that altogether because it puts you in that mindset of you know step taking, a procedure, you know, checking boxes and pushing your way to the outcome you want. And that is just never going to (laughs) work. So, you know, I had a little dose of this myself. I just had to realize, man, what's meant to be anyway for me will happen so naturally. You don't have to force things. All you have to do is sit in the enjoyment of basically what you already have and have accomplished and be proud and all those things will just bring you more accomplishments, you know? And so back to the subconscious mind, I think it's interesting how those things can can pop up. I mean, it's it's what's created me into this person who has this need and desire to sort of steer the ship and control things around me. So undoing that, oh, you know what I mean? Like, To reprogram that does take work and money and effort and all of these things. But what you can control is the you now and start having the you now act differently until it's an adopted way. So if you're consistent with it, I have noticed that if I consistently acknowledge when I get angry now, as soon as it starts to like boil up and I can feel it in my chest, as soon as I acknowledge that and I don't get mad at myself for it, I'm all good with it. It happens. It makes sense that you're feeling this way. I give myself almost like just this acknowledgement that this is totally normal to feel this way. Just let it pass. Sometimes it comes with tears that I didn't even know were in there. Um, And other times I have to just sort of walk away and allow it to like move through and out before I interact with other people, you know, so let it sort of boil up or whatever, but don't let it start steering the ship. You know, and I was somebody, this is a good sign that you can see in your own self that might be, that you might be somebody like me who does this, is if you're like, um, as soon as you get hangry or have something that's stressing you out, you start doing, if you're like a, start washing the dishes, start, you know, um, 
all of a sudden you're filing, you're, you're organizing your filing cabinet or you're, you know, you're just like going to do, do, do robotic action. Um, it's a big trigger. Like it's for me, it triggers the wrong word. It's a, um, like a mirror almost. It shows me that I am somebody who I'm almost avoiding the emotion and then I'm swallowing it down hard. You know, I'm finding other things to distract my mind instead of just taking the second to acknowledge it because it's okay to feel betrayed or hurt or angry or like all of these are such normal emotions. The law of attraction is not about happy people all the time. We're not sitting around like, uh, I can't even think of what that movie is, you know, with the big smiles on our faces and everything's perfect. That's not it. It is all about having all those emotions, but not letting those steer your reality. You know, when they come, acknowledge them with grace and kindness to yourself because we are all human and we'll all have these experiences. It's what makes us human. It would be a very, very sad, boring life if everybody was just smiles all the time. I like I could just picture how creepy that would be. Like, no, we've got to have these emotional things. It's just that how long it starts driving the car is kind of where I now have taken a bit more of the like, you know what? I don't want that to be my whole day or week or whatever. I feel this coming up inside me. Totally normal to feel this way. It's like, and the guys, this is not medical advice or, um, you know, any kind of mental health treatments or anything. This is just what's worked to calm my own mind when things start to go here is I just like give it the space to be, allow the emotions to move through. So when people say processing their emotions and pain, that's what, how I think of it is it's like, instead of letting it stay stagnant in your body and in your tissues where it can actually create some like unhealthy things physically within your body, instead of all that, I just allow it the space to move through and out. <laughs> I don't swallow it hard and I do not, you know, fight it back and I do not distract my mind by doing, doing, doing. I just give it the space to be what it is. And I usually even make a little mental thought around it's okay to feel this. It just, I mean, especially around grief for me, I always just say like, this is a nod to how much you love this man. Let it be what it is. It's okay to feel hurt. It's okay to be confused. It's okay to whatever it is, you know, and allow it. And then just, you know, sometimes it does take a while. Sometimes it does take me a couple hours before I feel like it's had enough time to do what it needed to do. And usually here's what's so cool. It's usually our bodies trying to show us something to help us grow. Like when things come up like that, it's there's almost always a learning lesson around it. There's almost always something that needs to just be noticed um, and that can help you grow from it, you know? And so if we do just shove it down, that lesson doesn't happen either. So we stay kind of like the same <laughs> mental age, <laughs> you know what I mean? We're not growing. We're just sort of swallowing back and like burying it inside and we haven't learned through it. We haven't moved on to become something stronger that can, you know, do more. And like, so when I have these experiences, I try to meet them with gratitude of like, I'm really glad you're showing me this right now because I didn't even know that was still in there because guess what's doing if it's still in there? It's part of the subconscious programming, right? It's part of what is steering you to act certain ways and to 
react with a certain emotions every time. So every time now something comes up like that, it'll come up again. And like, I don't need to be shown it again and again and again if I take the moment to acknowledge it and just be with it and realize, whew, I needed that. I needed that to come out. I don't know where it's even coming from. I don't know. Like, I want happiness for my friends. I want them to move forward. I don't want them all caught up in the memories and being sad all the time every 4th of July when something happens. You know what I mean? Like, those kind of positive acknowledgments. Like, it's like, no, I know I can look and see some gratitude and all this. Like, I'm so grateful I have friends that still do talk about him all the time and have his memories and stuff. They might not have the same emotional connection to the same memories that I do. So allow them to have their own grief experience. And if they're having happy, fun moments and moving past, remembering every time they have this certain drink that it was your husband's thing and whatever, that's beautiful right? That means that one, he has inspired their life. So they're still carrying on a tradition he was a part of, but it's not connected to a hard memory for them anymore. Now they just get to fully enjoy it. And since I still have the memory, I'm able to kind of sit back and just watch it and enjoy it and know where it all, you know, its roots, like where it came from and the amazing person that brought that into our world. So it's a different, you know, spin on things, but it's helped me immensely to get through some of these harder triggers where I'm like, you know, starting to feel all these feels inside. And instead of just swallowing it back and continuing to be around everybody and in this moment and and not acknowledge it, if I want to have the moment alone and I don't want to just break down into tears in front of everybody, I feel like I'm able to walk away or give myself some space for a minute and know like, hey, I know this is coming up. I kind of recognize this feeling within myself. I'm just going to go, you know, for a quick walk or, you know, whatever it is. And then just give myself the moment. And a lot of the times then it can kind of just work on through and then I feel so much lighter, such a healthier way for me to get through those tough moments than again, trying to steer the car away from the oncoming emotional truck, you know, (laughs) just allow it. (laughs) It's okay. It doesn't have to hit you like a truck and it won't if you don't shove it down because you guys know, like when, when you hold something back, it's like the dam waters, right? And then if you release it, it's like that huge gush. But if you never, if you allow it to trickle past the whole time and you don't put up these barricades like in a dam, then it doesn't build up so that it's about to just explode, you know? (laughs) All right, guys, I'm going to take a quick break because I've just blabbed right through the first half. Um, I'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. So I have a Facebook group called Connection Beyond Struggle for a Grieving Soulmate, and it is a free Facebook group where... It is such a wonderful crowd inside, I can't even tell you. Um, It's private, so um, it's by, I wouldn't say invitation only, but um, you just need to basically request to join. And there's a couple quick questions just to make sure that we are all um, going through the same things, similar things. Basically, it's soul-crushing loss, you know, huge emotional, um, you know, loss, like whether it be a spouse or life partner or a million things in between, it seems. (laughs) But anybody who feels like they could benefit from some positive quotes, from some, um, you know, support of other people inside who are just looking for solutions and not just in there to complain, but really trying to find their way through their grief. It has been spectacular for 
I mean, I'm not going to speak for all the members, but certainly for this member, <laughs> it's a wonderful group of people. And I do do some coaching inside of there to help people through. Um, I try to pop in and see what people are talking about. And I use the information inside there, what people are struggling with for things like this podcast to be able to give back in a way that hopefully can touch your life. So if it is something that sounds interesting to you and you'd like to grab the link to join, go to today's podcast description and you'll find it there. All right, guys, thanks so much and back to the show. So today's podcast title of You Can't Force Healing has a lot of layers to it, but if you've been following me for some time now, you know I talk about true release and surrender a lot um, because it is this sort of controlling nature of us that really gets in our own way often and it's so sneaky. That's the part that's so hard is like sometimes you might not recognize it in yourself like my like for me how I just explained this 4th of July weekend, it came up on its own out of the blue. And I think for people like me who like to control their lives, it's very telling how much stuffing down and swallowing hard and, you know, shoving back that we've done in our lives when it kind of hits the top and starts to boil over. That's when it's like, oh, wow, I've been doing this a lot. But I'm trying to help you avoid this because it's not a fun realization. And it's not something that most of us have an awareness of. So kind of getting on top of it is is a really healthy way to, to make sure that it doesn't hit that point of boiling over. So it's an emotional awareness. You have to notice if throughout your day, there's several times you feel like you're biting your tongue and not saying something that you want to say, or if there are several times that emotions come up and you feel really angry or hurt inside, but you never communicate it or you never um, let some tears roll or if you never sit and think with it for a minute and you just keep moving on and, and actively doing to just distract yourself. Like all of these are things where you can, instead of having to just wait till it boils over and dealing with it, you can preemptively come at it a little bit because the next time that emotional cue comes up, remember that's the little mirror there showing you what you really are. So here's the problem is if that's what's really at your core and you're trying to manifest some beautiful life, you're trying to do these law of attraction things thinking, well, I'm just going to stay positive. I'm not going to let this person bother me. But yet that underlying feeling is still there of like, oh, they're like, I can't wait for them to leave. Like, I don't want to have to be around it because it's bad energy. Guess what that all is? <laughs> it's still not you being in a positive headspace. You are still very much worried about this other person. You know, little things like that can be very telling. And so... When the stuff arises, instead of just going on and carrying on with lots of activities, find a moment to take and be with that emotion is what I do. This isn't, again, my advice to you guys if you're just joining the show. It's just what works for me is that I don't wait until I am at the point of boil over. Like, I'm not doing that anymore. I had a little of experience with it this weekend and I thought that I had dealt with all those things. And again, it was just the universe or, you know, the way I like to say it is God, but showing me the mirror of where the work still needs to be done. And so, yeah, I mean, listen, you can not really even control your own life, let alone what other people do and say and think. So 
If, like me, you have that desire to be in control of your environment around you, just remember that every single other person that exists has a similar desire to be in control of themselves, <laughs> you know, at the very least. And um, you just can't control their experience and nor would I want to um, because I know we all have to go through it at our own time and pace and whatever. And this, again, it's not just about loss, guys. This is in general, you know, there's this person that every time they arrive, it just like their energy rubs you the wrong way. You know, those types of things are the things that if you just tend to put up with it, or avoid them the whole night, it's, there's something there that this emotion is showing you, you know, clearly it bothers you. Why? You know, and I've had to look at that a little more. It's usually a reflection of something in yourself you don't like. So when something's really rubbing you the wrong way, maybe take a little inward, you know, inventory and just be like, what is it about them that irks me? And it's like, oh, they're just so in your face and whatever. Like maybe you have a few of those qualities in yourself that's always bothered you and you speak too soon and then wish you could backpedal and take it back or whatever it is. There's probably a little nugget from your own history that's kind of coming up and saying, hey, guess what? <laughs> so I use it for personal growth now. So when I notice there's a person that bothers me, I tend to look at my own self and say, you know, have you been guilty of doing this or saying this or whatever it is. And if so, let's acknowledge it. Let's tackle it. Let's look into this. Let's see if we can work on myself a little bit and like get around doing this because nobody likes to have to look back and go, oh, I, I pushed too hard. I said too much, you know, so I try to then do some personal growth. And then I've actually grown through the process of the hurt, you know, and that is really something, then it gives you even more to be grateful for, right? Like, look what I just did. Like, I just turned this bad situation into something of personal growth for myself. Um, I'm just going to apologize right now. I can hear my kids. They're home for summer break. So it's a whole new adjustment for me. Oh, and again, so if this were to really bother me and right now it doesn't bother me at all. Now, when I first started this podcast, it used to bother me a lot and I would pause it and I would go out and I would talk to them about how when mom's doing this, I need you to be quiet. It's only like once a week, you know, the whole thing. And now I'm realizing, you know, they're out there enjoying themselves right now. It's their summer break and they're having fun. Now, of course, they need boundaries and of course, they all those things. Yes. But in the grand scheme of things, is it really going to affect my podcast in a way where you can't hear my message? Is it really going to be something I have to race back and edit all of these little sounds out of? No. I mean, the truth is we worry too much and too hard about little things that, I mean, do I like it? No. Will I say something when I'm done? Probably. I'll just remind them that, hey guys, when that door's closed and you know I'm podcasting, that can you make sure that we're not talking loudly out here and all these things because my microphone picks up on it. And that's like a learning experience for them. But if I let it spiral me into this sort of inward anxious feeling, I've wrecked my day. I'm likely going to wreck theirs. It's And then guess what? Everything that I had manifested that was coming towards me halts right in its place. Think like a magnet and it's on its way to you. And all of a sudden you slam a book in between the two ends of the magnet. It, you know, that's what you do when you let the emotions rear up 
you know? So I'm not going to just swallow back and actually still be annoyed with it. I'm looking right now mentally to think like, why does this bother me? And the reality of it is when I first started this podcast, I knew nothing about podcasting. But what I did know was people talking about editing and, you know, all of the really great acoustics and all of these details that were overwhelming to me and I really didn't know a lot about. And so I really wanted perfection. Like I was really striving to just like keep what I knew how to control under wraps and like, okay, so if I don't know how to edit it out, I'm just going to make sure that the sounds never occur. You know, I was like trying to avoid things that would give me trouble later. And so that's where it started from. The real work that had to be done, guys, had nothing to do with the podcast or learning how to do the acoustics or the editing. It had nothing to do with that. It had to do with my own inner work on why did I need the stupid thing to be perfect? Why did it matter? Did it affect my message? Did it affect the number of people that would listen? I mean, maybe there's a person or two out there that would be like, oh, I can't deal. I can always hear her dog slobbering in the back or her kids kind of echoing in the background or, you know, a train out her window. Okay, well, then they're not for me anyway. (laughs) You know what I mean? They're never going to like me because I have a lot of little like I start to say one thing and then correct myself and I don't edit it out. I make up. I think I just even did there. Edited it. (laughs) Right. Oh, well, (laughs) it's not the end of the world. And so. I'm comfortable with lack of perfection now, which is how I've grown from the original problem of wanting to yell at my kids and having an anxious moment to now being so okay with it because it doesn't really affect me anyway. And no matter what, this is never going to be perfect. I don't want it to be perfect. I'm not perfect. So the imperfections within this, they're just part of me and who I am. You know, and so I think it's pretty boring when everybody sounds very professionally put together on these. I love listening to people who sound like they're just having a conversation with a friend or in my case, in the closet by themselves. No, <laughs> well, I'm always, I always threaten to have people on and then I've got so much to talk about that I haven't even gotten to having guests on. I think season two will have to be more of that. But anyway, yeah, so I am just okay with the imperfections and And that's a reflection on me, too. I don't always have to be perfect. I no longer have that need to try to be so put together. I'm okay with, like, if I'm in my pajamas today because that's how I feel and somebody shows up at my door, not making a million excuses. I just am. This is who I am, and it's okay that today this is how I feel. And, yeah, sometimes I get all dolled up and, you know, go out, and that's how I feel in that moment. (laughs) I'm not doing it for anybody else. You get where I'm going with all this? So all that personal growth has led to little moments like this, me being at peace with, instead of before this frenzy that would have happened internally where I would have like had to go out and pause and yell at them or whatever, you know, that's ridiculous. And so even like traffic or the grocery store, these little irritants, look at them a little deeper because it's not usually just the person with 500 coupons in front of you that's aggravating you. It's probably something deeper than that, you know? And maybe it is around the amount of time that you've been standing there and and you feel like time is something that's so precious or what is it? Like dig into yourself a little bit and go, what is it about me that hates so much when people don't follow the rules in traffic? Why is that so irritating to me? 
And if I think back, guys, because I talk about traffic a lot on this podcast because I am somebody that that is a trigger for me. And if I think back, it's because all the way back to grade school, I hated the fact that I followed directions to a T. And to a point where, like, I'll always be the last one finishing up the test or, like, you know, it takes me the longest because I make sure that I... I reread the directions if there was two steps. I don't miss one of the steps. If they asked you to, you know, give four sentences, I was going to give four sentences. I make sure that all those details are done. And other people don't always. I mean, some people very much do, but other people don't. And I noticed that all that extra time and energy I put into making it perfect, you know, uh, it didn't always equate to a better grade or acknowledgement over it or you know these other people who weren't doing it the way it was explained to us that it had to be done were still able to just get a great grade and then have all that free time after they were done their test to do whatever and in my effort to try to get it all perfect, I didn't have that time or finish as quickly. Um, and then I got the same grade as them and I didn't have that extra time. Little things like that used to irk me, you know? And so that is where it started, I think. And so now when I see people in traffic not following the rules to a T and getting away with it, like I saw it happen right in front of a police officer and that really bothered me. And that's what sh- was like the mirror. That was what showed me what the problem was because I realized, oh, that's what really bothers me is that these people, uh, like there's like that lane merge thing always gets me every time. And I realized the reason that bothers me so much is because there's a very defined who has the right of way here. And the people who don't have the right of way are often giving me almost a dirty look like I'm doing something wrong when I'm the one that's in the right. And then when it happened in front of a police officer and he didn't acknowledge it again it felt it brought me back right to that childhood experience of like the teacher not acknowledging that they just skipped over some of these details and not acknowledging the people who are doing it right and it doesn't feel good and so I recognized it right away when that happened I was like oh my goodness all this time in traffic this little thing bothering me so much it was like I had to feel like I was right because I knew I was right I was following the directions like Now, not only am I not getting acknowledged for the good I'm doing, but other people are doing it wrong and skating by and getting away with it. And it's so funny. I'm like, you know, now I can kind of laugh at it because I realize it's not important to me and I don't have to keep carrying it with me. Um, But it's funny that recognizing where it came from has allowed me to laugh it off when it pops up now where it really doesn't bother me that much, I can now see when it happens and go, oh my goodness, here we go again. Like, you, you're you okay. Like, the fact that you did it the right way is kudos to you, but no one has to acknowledge it. Like, stay humble in that moment of, like, it's great you know the rules. If they don't and they're all up in their stuff and angry with me for doing the right thing, that's not on me. I, it's okay to just to just be and still send that person good energy instead of like all this anger and stuff because that just comes back at you. If you've got all this anger towards somebody that you're sort of putting energetically out there, that will come back at you, not them. 
So be aware of that. <laughs> and in those moments, it's really gotten me to just like take a step back, recognize the little girl in you who still wants to be acknowledged for how much hard work she's putting in, you know, and then and be good with that. Like the little girl me is OK because nothing bad ever came out of doing extra work. You know, if anything, that paid off and dividends when I got into college and I was able to notice those details, they were not as forgiving as these high school teachers or elementary, middle school teachers who would, you know, give everybody still a great grade. <laughs> you know, once you hit the college level, it's important that I had developed that skill of paying very close attention to all the details and going back and rereading things and making sure I didn't miss anything. Like all those things served me in my life. So you know, it's it's like I still ended up getting some extra benefit that other people probably didn't out of my hard work. So it's like, what am I even upset about? Why do I still hold on to this? And it's just that that me that was so so filled with like the need for it to be perfect. I've had to let go of her a little bit, too. I've had to let go of the fact that it doesn't always have to be perfect. And that helps because I think I was annoyed with that as well. You know, I think some of my aggravation came from, you know, I wish if I could go back that I was able to relax a little bit about it. It's not the end of the world. So I think back to high school. This is hilarious, actually. So once you uh, apply to your college or whatever it is, and all the last grades have sort of already come out, and the, most kids stop doing the work. Because it's like, well, I already got accepted to the college I wanted to get into or whatever. Like, why Why am I going to take this last test or whatever? I was literally the kid that just still studied right till the very end on the last test. And the, I don't know what I thought would happen, right? Like, what at this point, are they going to, you know, say, oh, forget it. She didn't get a great grade on this test. We don't want her after all. Like, I don't know what was in my mind. I think it's just because of the way I am, I never considered it doing less than my best. And that's a great thing. Like, so when you can celebrate yourself and say, no, these qualities are wonderful. They don't need to be obsessive, though. They don't need to turn into anxiety or like um, competitiveness against others or all these other things, because every one of those things is limiting. They all limit your ability to hit the highest level. You know, if they're only giving um, raises to women in their 30s. I can't be mad at that. It is what it is. Like, we don't know why they decided to do that. Seems kind of like, you know, what's happening here? I mean, it doesn't seem fair. <laughs> like, they, all these things pop up. It just seems a little prejudiced. Like, what's going on? All of those things, like, I just am now so okay with because I'm usually in my mind thinking there's part of a story I don't know. And I don't have to like it, but this is probably still going to serve me anyway in my best interest if I just let it roll and don't get upset about it. When we get upset about it and then kind of talking to other people about, can you believe, why is it this? Is it just because of equality issues? Is it like, what is going on? And you get all up in your stuff about it. That's when it hurts you. And it, you know, all that negative energy, it's just will bounce back continuously and hit you, not them. And it's like, you've already feel like you've had this wrongdoing. Why do you want to exacerbate it and make it worse? Instead, celebrate every single woman you know in her 30s. You know, tell them how wonderful it is. I'm so excited for you. With a genuineness, let the other stuff go. 
and then just wait because your time might be coming. And guess what? They might reward your age gender bracket <laughs> next with an even bigger raise. And then what? And then the women in their 30s are all up into their stuff because I can't believe when for all they know, there's a reason because maybe they're about to get a promotion. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Can you see it? Like, and no, I'm not saying life is always fair if we just wait for it to shake out. It might not be, but there might be things we don't know or understand. And no matter what, what I do know and understand is that the law of attraction is a, is a definite, right? It's just like gravity. It's a definite. And so if I allow things happening around me to affect me and get my vibrational energy in a bad negative place, bad and negative things will just come at me. Um, I have things going on in my life right now that have me a little stressed, underlying stress. And, um, and it's for rightful reasons, which we all probably feel <laughs> that we're right in our reasoning. But um, I had uh, my bottom step as you go into the lake has gotten kicked out and it it's at risk basically for the other stairs to collapse without that under it. It's kind of like hovering right now. Uh, and so because it's something that I haven't been able to totally shake because the fear is, you know, more work and more money invested in having to fix this and like a bigger deal. The answer here is simple. I just need to tackle the problem because it will make everything else go away. Once I've contacted the people that need to come out and take a look at it and, you know, help me to fix it, it will immediately, all right, I've got the ball rolling and it's going to be okay. But if I allow it to just fester there as like this underlying thing I haven't dealt with yet that could get worse and uh, it will like, um, I just like uh, infuse in, I guess is the best way, like into every aspect of my life because it's what I am deep down, subconscious, whatever. There's like this underlying fear and worry that I haven't dealt with and it goes with you. So if there are things that you've been putting off because you think it's going to be like, oh, I just don't want to, I don't want to make that phone call to this company because I know it's going to be this, this, and this, like putting it off, it makes it worse, right? That infusing it into all the parts of your life is not what you want. And so, you know, yes, staying on top of it and not procrastinating those things is so important. That's just another habit that I have when I, I don't necessarily know if I'm going to love the answer or if it's going to be more work. You know, those are the things that I tend to keep in my to-do pile. It should be the other way around. Anything that irks you enough that it's kind of lingering in the background of your brain and you're avoiding are the things to tackle first. I'm telling you, this works every time for me. And when you do tackle those things first, you won't even be able to believe how much of your energy was wrapped up in this until it's released. And then as soon as it's released, oh my God, it's just like when you feel like you had this huge boulder on your chest and it's just like gone and you're free and you have all this time to do other things and not worry about it. And, and I mean, in the case of this, this stare, um, it's such a little thing, right? And it and it could just be getting on their list of coming out this week. And then I, I don't even have to have the solution or have them here yet for me to stop worrying about it because I'm already feeling good. I'm already like, okay, I've taken my step towards getting it fixed and I feel just pressure relief. 
So that's what I'm about to go do today, guys, <laughs> is get on top of some of those things because I can start to feel that there's a few of them that are starting to add up and I need to just get on top of it. And with that, I think that I'm going to have a really great week. Um, like I said, I already have things because I've pivoted and turned a different direction that are all starting to come together. Now I have some decisions to make. Do I go back to my original plans that I pivoted away from because they weren't coming together? Um, or do I just keep moving in this new path? I don't know. Time will tell. But um, I hope you use some of my strategies today in your own life to just, you know, feel lighter and better and all that stuff. Make sure you're always getting the mental help that you need. If you feel like you need any help in the way of mental health, it's so vital, guys, because what your mental state is, is what you're going to get in your life. And if it's a big mess up there and there's, you know, all kinds of emotional things and you know, a larger feeling of anxiety in your day-to-day -day than calm and happy. Um, once those scales are tipped, it's harder to come back from than to just get ahead of it, you know? So if you recognize anything in yourself where like, you know what, I might really benefit from getting some strategies or, you know, somebody to just be there with me through this, then, you know, make sure you're reaching out to the professionals. Um, I'm just here to share my story and what has worked for me, but um, yeah, no shame in the game to get the help you need and feel good. Because then when you feel good, life is gonna be good. So um, I'm excited for you guys to go out and have a great day. <laughs> so thank you guys again for joining me on this podcast. I hope you got something out of it. I hope you keep coming back and I will see you next time.